Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Good morning, everybody. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN News. Ready to 620 WTMJ and WBAL AM 1090 for those calls. Um, we are presented by Progressive Insurance, all phone guests on the Goodyear Hotline. So, good holiday, everybody. Great holidays. Yeah. Great looking holidays. For, I'm looking for the next holiday, to be honest with you, Max. <laughs> yeah, I saw. <laughs> Why'd I tune in and heard you, Key, talking to uh, Chris Canty? Who else was on the show? Um, uh, Freddie Coleman. Freddie oh, yeah, Coleman. Freddie. Yeah. Great Freddie yeah. Coleman. Come on. Legend. Yeah. So, and, and, you, and, and Key's talking about, like, I, I, didn't, I don't care what I told people. I almost didn't come in today. <laughs> that, was, that was, I don't know why you agreed to do it on Friday after Thanksgiving. Well, because I like listening. I like, first of all, working. And mm-hmm. on top of working, I like giving the, you know, the listeners something. That, Thursday was good football. Or, well, it wasn't great football. <laughs> I was going to say. Football. <laughs> it was you football. Know, it was football. Yes. So you figure Thursday leading into a big-time weekend, Ohio State, Michigan, college football. Yeah. You know, um, I knew some stuff was coming down the pipeline with my university. Uh. You know, just different weekend. You had the pro games coming. So it's kind of like, okay. Let me go in on Friday and, and uh, you know, do my job. Yep. Yeah. I'd rather not talk about Ohio State. Let's move on. <laughs> Yo. Let's move on. And somehow Alabama wins, and uh, there they are. I mean, just come snap, on. Yeah. Come on. Congratulations, All right. Harbaugh. Win. I don't know why everybody thought they were going to lose. Yeah, well. It's like, ah, they gonna, it's Alabama, man. And Lincoln Riley news and I, like all way, types of stuff. Happened. Congrats, Key. Congrats to your squad, man. Yeah. You're all about to make some moves out west. I'm sure we'll get into it, but just want to give you a congratulations on that. Yeah. Yeah, we had to hire somebody, you know. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's a pretty good Top somebody. Three highest paid coach uh, in college. So on a day where Lamar Jackson threw four picks, Jeez. the Browns mustered 10 points. Hold on. Let me get this straight. You have a, an, an otherworldly quarterback throw four interceptions and you come away with 10 points. Well, that's a recipe for success, huh? Baker threw for 247 yards and a touchdown. It was a 16-10 loss. So here's the question. What was more surprising to you guys? Key, I'll start with you. The performance from Baker or the performance from Lamar? Well, it's more about the performance – from the Browns. From the Browns, It's not yeah. even Baker. It's the Browns as a whole. When you look at this football team creating the turnovers, getting the opportunities, Lamar Jackson threw four interceptions. And when you – those are points. Those are points that you need to capitalize on. There's no team in this league other than the Cleveland Browns that wouldn't take advantage of the situation. Their offense hasn't been great. There hasn't been any real point-scoring differential with this offense in quite some time. Uh, they're not getting the football nearly to the playmakers the way that they should. They only ran the they only ran the football 17 times. It had nothing to do with Baltimore Ravens rush defense. It has something to do with the inability to call the plays to get Chubb and Hunt involved. 17 carries for 40 yards. Okay? They've averaged about 2.5 yards a pop. Somewhere in that kind of range. You're not going to win very many football games doing that. Um, It just, you know, this is why they're going to see themselves on the outside looking in. 
So, look, I, I'm not going to make excuses for Baker. Baker could be a lot better. But it, Kevin Stefanski has lost the feel of this offense, and I think he should hand responsibilities to their offensive coordinator and Alex Van Pelt. Just to add on to what Key was saying, look, Baker needs to complete more than 50% of his passes, but you look at a total of 27 points over the last three games, seven in that abysmal beatdown they got by the Pats, 13 versus the Lions when they still won, but Baker was still frustrated by his performance. And just last night, when you get a total of 36 yards off 15 carries, but you have Kareem Hunt back, you have Nick Chubbs, you feel like you're healthy in that aspect of your game, I put that on coaching, Max. Yeah. To a degree, like you have to find ways to win games when your defense gives you so many opportunities like they did last night. And granted, there's a matter of time before the defense gets broken down. I mean, even you have Miles Garrett that shook um, Lamar Jackson's hand after that completion pass he had to Mark Andrews for a touchdown after he kind of, you know, skirmed around the pocket and got out. It's just it comes down to offense, man. And I, I don't know what they're doing to move the ball forward. That's the question. Because even Kevin Stefanski after the game was like, yeah, I'm frustrated with their offense. But what moves are you making offensively to create a different momentum or flow for your team? Here's what I would say, Max. Mm-hmm. They have an opportunity still to make the playoffs and, and do what they set out to do at the beginning of the season. But what they've got to do is they've now got to go back and they've got to self-check and self-evaluate. Where are we as a team? How can we continue to get better? Um, and if they do that, the time will not be wasted. But if they continue to play dismal football the way that they've played over the last several weeks, since the OBJ trade or release, better yet, they're going to find themselves watching the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that's I, what's going to happen. I think, I think that's what's happening. By the way, Kareem Hunt's father tweeted about uh, Baker. But if you actually read the tweet when he says, oh, he looks like he's scared to throw, I'm, I'm just going to read a part of that for you. He, uh, what we see, he's limping. He's scared to throw the ball, and they know he's hurt. They're going to keep listening. But if people don't like what I'm saying, you know, unfriend me, blah, blah, blah. But the point is, really the criticism – was Baker is hurt. Something's not right. I think that I think that's true. I think the whole thing about him playing through injury and trying to help the team, that's all good that he's trying to do that. But I think the coaching staff, it starts with the decision, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. It's great that you're showing that, leadership, all that, but now we got to take that decision out of your hands. You're not right. Something's, you are physically not right, and we got to do it on the bench. Who can play? Well, like, that's on happens, the coaching Max? staff, too. What happens, though, Max, is throughout the course of the week in practice, you see somebody practicing, and as a coaching staff, you gauge on whether or not that individual is capable of playing a game. And that's where they judge it at. They judge it based on the practice. And when he's walking around, running around, whatever he's doing at practice, he looks good. And in the games, he may take a a shot once or twice, and it starts to take its course of pain. And so you see he may not be looking right, but if he can play in a game, he should play because he ultimately gives them the best chance to win. He is a better quarterback than Case Keenum. Yep. I know Case Keenum is a good one, maybe two-game type guy. Do you surrender Baker Mayfield for Case Keenum for two games to get him healthy? I, I mean, that's something that they should maybe look at, think about. 
But if if he's not going to get 100% healthy, then what's the difference? Because when he comes back from sitting down, he's still going to have the same issues that he had prior to sitting down. But, Keith, the only thing I would say, you have to do something because, I mean, the disrespect that the Ravens had last night, I mean, they had 10 guys in the box, the line of scrimmage on third down. I mean, it's just the the, the – Well, you're going to put 10 guys in the box. That's what I'm saying, the lack of respect, the disrespect that they had for the passing game. Yeah, I I would say – it was ridiculous. Yeah, I would say. Uh, but key, that's more uh, uh, that's more about the weapons on the perimeter than it is about Baker Mayfield. Well, Jarvis your strength the ball a whole lot either. Look, is look, Kareem look. Hunt and Chubb. So I'm going to load the box to force you to throw and take advantage of the outside guys because we don't believe your receivers is better than our secondary. I hear you. Baker does give him the best chance to 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 win if he's on the field. But if he's less than 70, 80. 85%. I think Case Keenum at 100%, I'd rather have than Baker at 70 or 75 or 80%. I don't think there's so much of a difference that I just want Baker out there. Would they have a capable? It's not like a Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. It's not such a big gap. But we got a lot, to, a lot more to get into. So much has happened over the weekend. Be a part of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Call us at 888-SAY-ESPN, 729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football's heating up. The fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Key thinks uh, one team knew they couldn't win yesterday. They knew it. And something tipped him off. He'll tell you who that was next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN2. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com.
Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN2. Mm-hmm. It's time for Straight mm-hmm. Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. That beat came in hard. I had to stay it on beat. Yeah. To stay on rhythm with, with the read. <laughs> the Rams lost to the Packers 36-28 yesterday. Matthew Stafford threw three touchdowns and an interception. But Key. Yo, that's me. There was something that st- stuck out to you from late in that first quarter. What was it? Well, it's not, you know, when you look at when you look at games and you look at teams and you start to figure out, okay, how can they beat them? Can they beat them? Things of that nature. Then stuff pops up. You, you think about the Rams. The Rams' offense was somewhat, you know, sputtering, clunking along at times. But when a coach decides early in the game, even though it's fourth and one, fourth and inches, you're on your own 29-yard line. You essentially are now getting ready to give. Now, this is not the end of the game. This is the beginning of the game. The Los Angeles Rams and Sean McVay decided on fourth and one to go for it on their own 29-yard line down by seven. Not down by 37, down by seven. So now what you've made a decision to do is say, okay, we're going to go for it and we're going to get it. Well, guess what? They did not get it. Now you turn the ball back over to Aaron Rodgers, and you could have gone down 14-0. Good thing you only gave up three points, but you essentially handed the other team three points. So that told me right then and there, he doesn't believe they can just beat them square straight up. Then later on in the game, they decided to do a double pass. What that means is it's a trick play. So you're trying to trick the Green Bay Packers to put points on the board. So you now go and take the ball out of the guy who throws the ball, Stafford, to a guy who catches the ball in Cooper Cup, who then throws it to another guy who catches it in Vance Jefferson. Obviously, it didn't work. It was an incomplete pass. It almost was a touchdown. But it's just you're trying to trick your way to a victory instead of lining up and playing football. That just tells me you you don't have enough confidence to believe that you can get what you need on a regular offensive set to get the job done. Jay, I hear that. Like when you see trick plays a lot of the time in any mm-hmm. sport, when you see someone going to stuff they don't normally do, to me it's a reflection sometimes of desperation. Like they already recognize I'm going to need something out of the ordinary to unbalance things because if things stay balanced, they're just better. On the other hand, McVeigh had been criticized about a month ago, I remember, reading criticism. They're punting too much. They're, 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 they're not going for it on fourth down enough. It's lowering their chances that they win and that, that. You think that showed desperation early? I mean, they were on their own 29. I think it shows a sense of urgency. I would agree with Key overall. But, like, I, I, I don't know. With the talent that the Rams have, I know they lost three straight. It seemed like they had a lot more self-inflicted wounds last night and that the Packers dominate the time of possession in this ballgame. Aaron Rodgers played his, his tail off, by the way. But I, I just, look, Matthew Stafford has had some injuries, talked about this week with his elbow, his arm, his back, the chronic back pain story that kind of came out that people were looking a little bit more into. But there is a trust factor in me that I have with McVay and Stafford. I, I know who Stafford is watching him in Detroit I do think he has the pieces. Now, look, Robert Woods, I think, really hurts his team. 
I really I think hurts his team off from an offensive standpoint. Hundred uh, percent. But they still do have the pieces to be there, and we all know this, guys. We watch the Chiefs go through their struggle. We watch other teams go through their struggle. The Bucks, obviously, with depletion of injuries, it's about getting hot at the right time. And they still have six games. And we say sometimes the the schedule can be healing. Okay, going against a two and I think two and nine team in the um, in the Jags coming up help you schedule wise for them. But you said something that just that just caught my ear. Key, Yo. Jay's talking about faith in McVeigh and Stafford. And Stafford just got there this season. But they gave up a lot to go get Stafford. Do you think that he is the answer? Because the reason they did that is because they looked at Goff and they said we got to the Super Bowl with him, but to win it we need more. So they went all in on Stafford. They're gonna like that move, or are they going to have buyer's remorse on Stafford? If they don't make it to the Super Bowl, it's going to be buyer's remorse. In year in one? Year, in, in year one. you you got to remember, you're looking at them sitting right now, and if the, if the season ended today, as people like to say, guess what? They're in the fifth seed. You think that they paid that ransom to be in the fifth seed? You think that they paid all that money to put 10 points up against the San Francisco 49ers on November I think it was like November 15th. They put up 10 points. It was 31-10 against San Francisco. They are now one game in front of San Francisco, and they still have to play the 49ers again. Think about what I'm telling you here. The San Francisco 49ers have beat the Rams six straight times, and they got to play them again. So 49ers are back in contention where four weeks ago, it looked like the day was going to be at the cellar of the division possibly sitting there with Seattle. Now the Rams are sitting in that same spot. When you go and you spend all of that to go and get Matthew Stafford because of that, much like you just said, Max, that he is going to be the answer to get us to the Super Bowl and winning, and he's throwing pick sixes to the Green Bay Packers. That guy is, we thought, was in Detroit. That guy is now... In Los Angeles, and what I mean by that is the swap for Jared Goff. That was Jared Goff throwing pick sixes. Now Matthew Stafford's throwing pick sixes. So I, I don't know. You, you know, you say, well, you have faith in Sean McVay to get things turned around. Look, dude, all you got to do is look at his ability and what and how he plays. You you spent a lot to get him, and I said this at the beginning of the year when they made the trade. I said he the same dude as Derek Carr. The same guy, same exact guy, but y'all gave up all that to get that. But key when you say, but key when you say he's the same guy as Derek Carr, I watch you call Derek Carr elite. Like there, there's no, a chance no, no, for Matthew no, no. Stafford. It's it's not it, it it's not. I've never called him elite. I said that he is a top quarterback. There's a difference between being elite and being a top quarterback. Elite is a word that Stephen A. uses just to do it, but I would never call him elite Key. because he's not an elite you, quarterback. You had him. He is a top But let's not quibble about I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm not getting into that. I'm just no, saying. what I mean is you're right. The point Jay's <laughs> making, Key, is that if you call – you have obviously very high regard for Derek Carr. In fact, yes. I don't I'm know anyone – still Derek Carr over Jared Goff. I'm still well, taking – The, mean, the sorry, point I'm is sorry. I don't know anyone who Carr, thinks more of Derek Carr than you in the media. Like you're very high on him. So, yes. so if that's the case, too. okay, like that's Stafford. what Jay's getting yes. at. Yeah, but I'm not giving up all what they gave up 
to get the same guy. I'm not giving up I, two first-round picks in a quarterback and a second-round pick to get Derek Carr. Keith, That's uh, a lot. I, I'm just I'm not I'm not going to be this person that I know they lost three to say that hey, like they're going to have buyer's remorse right now. Like there's it's a long season. Like we six games less. I know where we're, I know where they are right now currently. But like what I am saying is that when I still do watch Jared Goff play, his ability to push the ball down the field is still something I feel like he's very limited at. Now, I know Matthew Stafford threw a pick six last night, and I know he hasn't played great over the last three games, but we have to expect there to be some kind of turbulence when a guy's on a new team underneath a new head coach in his first year when you're adding a lot of different pieces to the equation, right? This is 12 weeks in the season. We're not talking about the first two weeks. We're talking about 12 weeks into a NFL season as a professional. We're not talking about a rookie. We're not talking about a second-year quarterback. We're talking about a perennial Pro Bowl quarterback with big numbers, have done things on other another team. He, uh, he knows how to play football. And, yes, they will have buyer's remorse if they do not go to the Super Bowl because the deal was Super Bowl quarterback out, bring a new guy in that will get us where we want to be. I, I agree with and that. And right now, you're, you, you are barking up on the San Francisco 49ers, surpassing you. I agree with that. You. I agree with that over the life of his career with the Rams. He has to win a Super Bowl to, for it to be a success. Agreed. I would say in year one, at no, least right a now. playoff win. Yes. And in you order to be a considered you, a success, two playoff think wins. They went out there and got Von Miller, Matthew Stafford. No, I know what they want to do. It, yeah. they, they didn't go do to, to get a playoff win. They get a playoff win with Jared Goff. Me, meantime, whoever said the thing about Robert Woods, that's a, such a huge loss. No question will affect the offense. He's an excellent all-around player for that offense. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, no huddle time. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN2, presented by Progressive Insurance. All phone guests on the Goodyear hotline. 
Time to go no huddle, guys. The Patriots are back. Mac Jones threw for 310 yards and two TDs, and New England trounced Tennessee 36-13. New England's defense also forced four turnovers. The Patriots earned their sixth straight win, rolling past the undermanned Titans. Patriots hadn't beaten Tennessee since former Patriots linebacker Mike Vrabel took over as coach in 2018. New England improved to 6-1 and one against AFC opponents this season. ESPN Patriots reporter Mike Reese joins primetime on ESPN Radio last night and talked about the leadership of Mac Jones. What I've seen is the veterans around the team lifting Mac up and putting him in a position where he's comfortable to say, hey, you know what, guys, like I'm not this outgoing personality, but you can still follow me, you know, as a different type of leader in the offense. Like, I want to be your leader, but I have to earn it. And they've almost put him in position to be comfortable doing that in a situation where usually, like, he wouldn't be comfortable just by the nature of who he is as a person. All right, Mac Jones, his growth this season. How, how are you impressed, Key, and what's this team's ceiling? I think the ceiling is the Super Bowl and getting to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. This team is on pace to do some magical things, 6-1 and one this year against AFC opponents alone. When you talk about Mac Jones and you look at his numbers from this past game, he was 23 of 32. Now, now look, he's not pushing the ball down the field at an alarming rate. What he's doing is exactly what he should be doing, making the right throws in the right places, putting the ball in his playmakers' hands and allowing them to make him look good. And with that is a winning formula when you have Bill Belichick and a solid defense that's not going to surrender points. It's simple. I have them as the top dog in the AFC as of right now. They, they might be the toughest, toughest matchup. It's hard when you think about the Ravens and the Chiefs, though, and where the Chiefs are going because uh, the Chiefs could end up being the favorite to win it all before it's said and done. But it is impressive to see how Mac Jones has been able to find his rhythm offensively, and that's due to Bill Belichick. But I will say this. It's inevitable that rookies go through a challenging rough patch. And I I know that a lot of things are built schematically for him not to fail. But when you go through filling the role of Tom Brady and and the Pats being that team that now we're talking about Super Bowl contenders, that does bring a different kind of weight to the shoulders of a rookie quarterback, I will be curious to see down the stretch if he will hit a little bit of a bump in the road and then how he'll manage that or how Bill Belichick will manage that for him. Um, you know what it reminds me of? The Patriots and Bill Belichick and Mac Jones, guys. Take the Hippocratic Oath. When you become a doctor, you got to take the Hippocratic Oath. The first thing is first. First thing you have to say, first, do no harm. Do know that's like Bill Belichick and in, in, in his offense, Tom Brady early on, Mac Jones early on. It's like a doctor. The first thing is do no harm. Don't mess things up. Don't try to do too much. Do what you can do. Let the other team make the mistake. And Belichick and Brady and now Mac Jones are winning games by making fewer mistakes than the other guy. It's the Floyd Mayweather school of boxing. It's the Bill Belichick school of football. I, I hear exactly what you're saying. I just want you – to think about this for a second, you just said Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Mac Jones. As we start getting deeper into the playoff contending spots, like there ends up being a lot more pressure. When that, you, you heard that name before? I no think doubt. Mac Jones has heard that name before, but now when you start getting into it, like or put up or shut up, 
That brings a different yeah, kind I don't of pressure think, to the table. Mac Jones strikes me as a guy who doesn't care. He's not I worried about you, that. There were two quarterbacks yesterday who struggled that we've been talking a lot about recently. Jalen Hurts threw three interceptions, no TDs, in a 13-7 loss to the Giants yesterday. Cam Newton was benched in the Panthers' 33-10 loss to the Dolphins. Quiet is kept. Uh, Tug of Iloa. And, and all of a sudden. Anyway, Cam threw two interceptions of his own. Here is... Cam Newton on being benched. Yeah, I'm going to take this time to, to really dive into, you know, the whole offense. I think today it really got exposed because of the situation and, you know, not having a full grasp. But, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not nobody to blame more so than, than just the situation that I came into. So, you know, having this week to kind of self-scout, so to speak, and really dive into the, 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 the root of, you know, what this offense is about, and that's what I plan on doing. All right, so which one of those performances was more surprising in their ineptitude? Jalen Hurts, young Jalen Hurts, or the older Cam Newton, Key? I would say, say Jalen Hurts because when you look at it, his performance wasn't all that bad. He made some young mistakes. When you talk about the interception of Darnay Holmes, you talk about right before the half, the interception on trying to force the football instead of realizing – I can go in 3-3. When you look at Jalen Rigger, ball bouncing off of his head on the go route, yeah, it's tough when somebody's grabbing you to catch a deep ball over your shoulders, but you still should make that catch. Or the ball in the middle of the field, when you think about a receiver jumping, instead of keeping his feet on the ground, he's jumping for the football. It goes right through his hands. Those two plays could have been two touchdowns for the Philadelphia Eagles, but he needs the help from the receivers in order to do that. Cam Newton, on the other hand, it's not a surprise that he would struggle. He played amazing a week ago against Washington. He gave us a little snippet, I'm back against Arizona. But let's face it, he is coming back into a system and a situation he's unfamiliar with. So it's not a surprise that he would struggle. Yeah, I'll just go Cam, just because Cam got benched in this game, which was was like, wow, okay. I mean, just – Throwing for 94 yards, and what I will say for Jalen Hurts is, look, man, it's a deeper conversation about the Eagles because I don't understand why Nick Sirianni, when he come out, they're throwing the ball at the rate that they did. Their game is ground and pound with that O-line. When they started dominating the ball on the ground, that's who they are, but they still threw the ball way more than what I expected them to. I put a lot of that on coaching and the receivers to actually make plays. I was a little bit more – shocked by the way Cam looked and how bad the Panthers got beat down by the Dolphins. Yeah, I was more surprised by Cam also only because I it, like he's just been so up and down. Even in the preseason when he lost the job, it was like he looked really good and then apparently in practice he didn't look good. He's just been up and down like super inconsistent. I think week to week over the last just since he got healthy or or you know since his his shoulder and everything got better. And um uh you know, I I don't know what to think. Like, I, I, I think he's going to be okay. Here's an interesting stat real quick before we move on. He had the lowest completion percentage. I read this this morning. Of any, quarter, of any former MVP, third lowest. First lowest was Peyton Manning. Second was Brett Favre. So, like, he's in very good company, company in terms of older quarterbacks who had very bad games. But they were, especially Peyton, was quite a bit older than Cam is right now. Tampa Bay... Won 38-31 in a shootout versus the Colts. Brady threw for 226 yards and a touchdown. But it was Leonard Fournette that carried the Bucks' offense. Four TDs on offense. 
Here's Tom Brady on the performance from his running back. Uh, he had a great game. Um, Leonard played great in the run game and the pass game. Um, Rowe ran the ball really well. Um, big guys blocked great up front. Though we did a good job in the run game with you know getting the hats on hats and the guys really ran ran the ball hard. It was a very physical game. So it's a good, very good defensive front. Great group of linebackers. Um, they really make you earn it. So we found a way. It wasn't perfect, but um, you know we can certainly play a lot better than that. All right, Key, how are you feeling about the Bucks making another run to the Super Bowl? Well, I think they certainly can make another run. I think it's going to be tough, though. They're going to have to play the Green Bay Packers, the Arizona Cardinals, and eventually if the Rams get it turned around, the Rams. And so when you look at some of the teams that they're going to have to face down the line, it could be tough if they see the Dallas Cowboys again. But the formula for success this late in the season and moving forward is portable. They have it in Leonard Fournette, a guy who can run the football in between the tackles, can catch the ball out of the backfield. This is something that Tom Brady likes. He's like He likes to be able to have a running game to match his play-action pass game, and that's big for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have an opportunity to do something special. They'll be getting some of that defensive help back later on in the year. A.B. will be coming back, a healthier Gronkowski. So this team is right there with the Green Bay Packers and the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I, I think this team has a chance to win a Super Bowl again. Curious about why the Colts didn't just stay with what they do yesterday, even though that uh, front line is so good for them defensively for the Bucks. But give Jonathan Taylor the damn ball. What are you doing? Anyway, I digress. I look, they lead the league in points per game. That's what the Bucks do. Okay, offensively, when you add this run component to their game, that diversity, that's championship component. That's championship style offense, Max. Yeah, I. Um... Yeah, I hear I hear you guys. I would say the Bucks. when you look at the roster top to bottom, they probably still have the best roster in football top to bottom when they're healthy, and there's no reason to think they can't get healthy. I'm looking at the Colts, too. Carson, you know, the Colts like special quarterbacks. Everyone does, but they acquire them in terms of talent. Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, now Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has just enough talent to be dangerous to your own team, man. To, to oh, let him do it because he's making those bomb throws down the field. And then you, you kind of get away from what you do because of that. You wind up losing that's the game. That's on Frank Wright, isn't it? I, I think so. Yes, think that's the so. game plan. Yeah. All right, finally in no huddle, the Cincinnati Bengals blow Ooh. out the Pittsburgh Steelers. 41-10. Oh, beating down big brother in the division. Joe Burrow threw and ran for a touchdown. Joe Mixon, two TDs, a career-high 165 yards rushing. The win by the Bengals on Sunday followed a double-digit win in September, making it Cincinnati's first sweep of the Steelers since 09. Here is the former number one overall pick, Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow, and where his team stands right now. It means a lot right now, but it also means nothing. If we go out and lose the rest of them, we could be seven and whatever. Um, so we still got to keep our nose to the grindstone. We're not. We're happy. We're going to celebrate the win, but we're going to come back tomorrow ready to go. How viable or, or what level of playoff threat are the Bengals, Key? Oh, I think they're right there. I mean, they've already, they've already popped the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, they just took out the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know – the Battle of Ohio will be obviously Cleveland, Cincinnati, but they've already handled the big dog in Baltimore and Cincinnati. Cincinnati 
stumbled along the way a couple games, so it made people feel like, ah, well, they're going to eventually bundle it again. But guys like T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon, good Lord, Joe Mixon, 165 yards in the, on, on the ground. Some of the things that he does in blitz pickup, his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. If you go back and you think about the, the draft when he came out, he would have been a first-round selection had it been if not for some off-the-field issues that he had. And clearly Marvin Lewis and company at the time was the head coach in Cincinnati, saw a talented young man in Joe Mixon. Uh, but he gives this offense in Cincinnati a different dimension for sure. So I give the Bengals a lot of credit, right? Because if you if you look at Joe Mixon uh, throughout his last, you know, I don't know, 10, 11 games, like he's been getting 16, 17 carries. Like yesterday, man, he got 28 carries. Versus the Raiders, he got 30 carries for 123 yards, two touchdowns. So I think that gives them more – you know, you talk about variety offensively because he does bring those intangibles to the table with the run game. I, Cincinnati's scary, man. And, Max, you've been talking about Joe Burrow for a while with the talent he has on the outside. They have a chance to do something special. Yeah, yo, you want to play spe- pay special attention to Jamar Chase? So you let that Burrow-Chase chemistry is a problem? Here's Higgins and Mixon for you. It is a problem. Not only the triplets, Burrow, Chase, Mixon, but then Higgins on top of it. And, guys, I hate to say this because I don't want to, like, not pay attention to all the other details, but it's almost like turnover differential in the NFL. Plus two, it's like you win 70-something percent of the time. Look at the quarterbacks in the AFC North. Number one, clearly, Lamar Jackson. Who's in first place? The Ravens. Number two, Joe Burrow. Who's in second place? The Bengals. Number three, you say, I, I like Baker Mayfield better than, than Roethlisberger at this point in his career, but considering how banged up Mayfield is, it's about a wash. Maybe. And by the way, they're, they're third and fourth, basically both 500 teams, right? Five, five, and one, and whatever it is, six and six. I, this is what's determining things. Do you have a dude at that position? I think the Bengals do. So the question is right now, Key, which Ohio team has a better shot at making a run in the playoffs, the team whose roster you looked at top to bottom before the season start and went, oh, the Browns or the Bengals who were supposed to be sorry this year, supposed to be the one team you didn't really have to factor <laughs> into the North this year. Who has a better shot at making a run in the playoffs? I think it's going to be the Bengals. I don't think the Browns, in my opinion, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to miss it. I think it's going to go down to the Ravens and Cincinnati Bengals. Um, the Bengals got a good football team. They got a good young nucleus of talent. Uh, they're, they're gelling together. They, they've had some success early. Then they hit a little bit of a pitfall. But they're picking that success back up, which is big, which is huge for them. Because as you look at where their schedule is going to be, uh, you know, they got the Chargers, the Niners, the Broncos, the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Browns. Um, the Chargers are coming back to reality. The 49ers are, are there. They play tough. You don't know what you're going to get week in and week out about either the next three opponents. The Chargers, the 49ers, or the Broncos, you have no idea what you're going to get. But I, I think I know what I'm getting in Cincinnati, which is starting to see some consistency with a young group of wide receivers, a young quarterback, a studded running back, an offensive line that's blocking, doing everything, protecting him. It's going to be fascinating down the stretch to see. You know, when we do a, a ton of college basketball, I used to with Seth Greenberg, we talked about a word called static, right? And certain teams had a lot of static around them, things that just happened that became talking points other than 
the play on the field. When I think about the Bengals, there's not a lot of static around the Bengals, right? But when I think about the Browns, we're always talking about something with the Browns. Quarterback situation, the, OBG, the OBJ situation, uh, Nick Chubb, COVID injury. There's so many other factors, and it seems like there's way more consistency with the Bengals. But just think about this for a second. This offseason, the talent that the Browns had, we were saying they could win a Super Bowl or they should be at least in that conversation. We were saying that the Bengals weren't going to make the playoffs. Think about the flip of this scenario right now. It's shocking to me. Well, I mean, one guy played in a system, in an air raid system, that leads to huge stats in college. He got drafted number one overall in Baker Mayfield. The other guy, Joe Burrow, let's be honest about this. I mean, he's a mature player for a college player. He's like the same age as like Lamar Jackson. Came right? the, been in the league, the league as a grown as a man. man. But I'll say this about Joe Burrow. You could argue, probably win the argument. He had the great – he was on a team – no, he had the greatest college season of all time. He's certainly in that conversation, capped by the greatest championship game of all time, mm. which tells me that once the playoffs start, that dude is going to be – he's built for the pressure. I think he's a, a pressure player. Time will tell. But, I, you know, also, Key, how much is – like, we looked at that Browns – at that Browns roster early on, as Jay said, it thought, boy, they could win the Super Bowl. But now Odell is not there anymore. And, and, and um, uh, uh, who am I thinking? The second receiver, uh, Odell's Landry? Board. Landry, Jarvis Landry. Landry. Yeah. Jarvis Landry's been banged up and also not getting the ball. And all of a sudden I look at the talent and I'm thinking, no, there are other teams as talented as the Browns or more talented. Oh, of course. But the, the talent has to come together. And that's something that the Browns haven't, they haven't been able to do. Uh, beginning of the season, you certainly thought that the Browns would make a push to win the division. I never thought that they would go to the Super Bowl. I just thought they were going to be a good team that would make a push. Um, but you see where they are now. They're just trying to figure out how to get a win. That's about all. Yeah, and Just both, figure out how to get a win. By the way, and both running backs have missed a lot of time. Like, you start to check off the list, go, wait a minute. When, you know, like, the quarterbacks who get paid at the top of the market, Joel, are the ones who can make up for the inevitable injuries on your team or some weakness that's there because you paid the quarterback all that money. Some, that ain't Baker Mayfield, especially not a banged-up Baker Mayfield. There's not enough margin for error for him to play banged up on a banged-up team and still win. I like the Bengals more than the Browns mm-hmm. at this point. All right. Coming up, how about this one? Brady or Belichick? Boy, it looked like Brady was winning that whole conversation. Oh, things change fast in the NFL. Who has a better shot to make the Super Bowl? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.